Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. We have added a ton of new listeners to the show in the past couple of months, so I wanted to first say welcome. We have so many episodes, so make sure that you scroll through whatever app you are listening on or through primalpotential.com to find the episodes that speak to you, whether that is motivation, mindset, hormones, fat loss, money matters, or anything in between, or anything outside of those bounds, chances are you will find it. One thing that you will recognize really quickly about me is the value I place on becoming a better thinker. And I'll tell you why, because that's really what we're going to be focusing on today. Where I struggled for so long, jumping from one diet to the next, one goal to the next, was that my strategy kept changing, but my mindset wasn't. And that is exactly why I kept making excuses and putting things off and throwing in the towel and beginning again. I thought it was a strategy issue. Like, I just don't have the right plan. I'm not doing the thing that is going to be the most effective. And whether that was I need a new way of eating or I need a new way of planning and tracking. I always thought it was about the strategy. And I loved hearing somebody else's opinion or the latest, greatest fad or reading another book and getting a new idea because that allowed me a blank slate. Okay, well, that strategy, I just had the wrong strategy. But this one, this one I can really get behind. And I did that for decades. And I see people who listen to my show now doing the same exact thing. When in reality, it's our mindset. Because if you continue to think in a way that reflects a perspective that talks you into, oh, this one thing won't hurt. Oh, I'll start tomorrow. Or anything along those lines, then No matter the strategy, you are going to have the same barriers, the same hurdles, the same roadblocks as you always did before. We have to become better thinkers. Until we become better thinkers, then the, this one thing won't hurt, I'll start tomorrow, I'm too stressed to care, is going to follow you from approach to approach to approach to approach. And today we're going to be talking about one specific way of thinking. Because we have these unconscious patterns of thought, these ways that we think that we don't even recognize, and they influence our perspective. They steer our actions, and we are not aware 
of their influence in most cases. Oftentimes, this is referred to as cognitive bias. And there's all sorts of different types of cognitive bias. If you go to Google and you search cognitive bias, you're going to come up with all of these different things. But essentially, it's just a way that an unconscious pattern of thought influences our actions and we don't even recognize it, right? Because it's, it's a bias. We don't see it for what it is in most cases. The one that I want to talk about today, actually there's two. We're going to talk about one kind of as a strategy and one as a limitation. The one that we're going to talk about is about recency. So I want to talk about recency bias, but also the recency effect and how that is kind of a bias we can use in our favor. But one that gets in the way is recency bias. And if you were to Google recency bias, most of what you would find would be related to financial investments, kind of big picture view. The way they would describe it is if you've been crushing it in the stock market for the last four weeks, then you make decisions as though you're going to continue to crush it for the next four weeks. That whatever has happened most recently kind of colors your thoughts and you take that to be reflective of how things will be moving forward. More broadly speaking, outside of the financial sector, recency bias is a way that we emphasize, consciously or unconsciously, we emphasize the most recent data and use it to basically determine how things will be in the future. And what this does is it leads us to make decisions that assume things will be the way they've always been. More recent information, what happened last night, what happened last week, what happened for the last month, is just remembered better, and then it gets more weight, it's more substantial in your mind, and plays a a greater role in you forming a judgment than either something that happened in the distant past, not as recently, but also it takes greater weight than a possibility that hasn't happened yet. We just put extra emphasis on what has happened most recently in a way that limits us and in a way that talks us into what we then accept as fact that things will be the way that they've been. Here's the deal. I used to do this all the time. When I was at my heaviest and I was emotionally eating, I mean, probably every day, if not nearly every day, emotions had a huge impact on my food decisions and my lifestyle decisions, whether I went to the gym or not, whether I laid around and watched multiple hours of TV or not. And I used the recency of those behaviors and those patterns to assume I knew how things were going to go. Like, this is who I am. I'm an emotional eater. What was that based on? It was based on recent patterns of behavior. And I see this and I hear this every single day with my clients. If you said you were going to go to the gym yesterday and you didn't go, and you said you were going to go to the gym this past Monday and you didn't go, then we tell ourselves, I just... I never go. I always tell myself I'm going to go, but I don't. And that is a recency bias. We are limiting how we think things might be based on how they've been recently instead of going to something in the distant past. You used to go all the time. 
Or even if you're like, nope, sorry, Elizabeth, that's that's always been me. I, I've never been somebody who consistently goes to the gym when I say I'm going to. But you also are closing yourself off to future possibilities that things could be different. When we operate with this recency bias, we're essentially determining ahead of time that the way things will be is the way that they have been. And then we're right. It's not that we do this and we're wrong, which is often the case in something like investing. Oh, I've been crushing it in the market for the next four weeks, so things are going to continue to go that way. And then actually, no, it took a downturn. But in our own lives, when it's something we have control over, whether we hit the snooze button, whether we go to the gym, if we eat well, or if we overindulge, or we consume alcohol, those things over which we have control, when we kind of decide, I always blow it, I'm so inconsistent, then we create more of that because we rise to our own expectations, or in this case, we fall to our own expectations. And we talked about this in a different way very recently. In episode 760, we talked about not letting the past be your prologue, not letting the past kind of lead you to the way that you think things will be now, which is very, very related, but kind of a different take on it. If you have not listened to episode 760, I suggest you check that one out. The first thing we have to do, though, is be able to recognize this pattern. Maybe you've had a weekend where you've overindulged, right? And then you say, oh my gosh, Elizabeth, weekends are my kryptonite. Well, you wouldn't say that if you just had a weekend where you totally crushed it and you made amazing choices, right? Because you have newer evidence. You have more recent evidence. And then that more recent evidence holds greater weight in your mind. If you went out with a bunch of friends and you made yourself so proud and you made great choices, that then has a greater weight in your mind. But if you went out and you said, eh, screw it, I blew it, who cares, we'll start Monday, that has a greater weight in your mind when you fall prey to recency bias, right? Now you might be thinking, well, but I have no new evidence, That's all there is, is this same past pattern of weekends that are train wrecks. I get it, but it's still recency bias. You're still limiting yourself and what you believe is possible to what you've been doing. Recency bias has us looking backwards. And that's why I say awareness is so important. It's not that you have to be able to identify some past pattern that hasn't reflected that behavior. No, I don't want you looking backwards at all. I want you looking at what is possible. I want you looking at the solution. I want you looking at what you can do. And this doesn't just show up in the world of our minds, right, of our own choices. We do this in relationships, professional and personal relationships. If things have been rocky and maybe we've been arguing and bickering just going through a rough patch with our partner, we are more likely to stay there longer because of recency bias. Because when we think about the relationship, we remember the way things have been most recently. And so what we're remembering and what we're forecasting and what we're assuming is going to continue to happen is what has happened most frequently, most recently. We just fight all the time. We argue all the time. 
And then the way things have been remains the way things are because you're kind of connected to that and you're limiting yourself to that and you're forecasting that for the future. But what about when things were really good? What about when things were amazing? And I challenge myself to think about this when I'm really mad at Chris or I'm feeling like we're in a funk or just, you know, it hasn't been a good day or a good week. To counteract recency bias, I'll ask myself questions like, when was the last time he made me laugh really hard? And the great thing about those questions is that typically my first response is, I'm not sure. So then I have to think about it. And then I think through like, well, he kind of made me chuckle here and that was really cute, but I don't think I laughed really hard. No, when? And I really then am giving my energy to a, a positive recollection. It is rare, unless it was like an hour ago, that I'm going to think in a matter of seconds about when the last time was that he made me laugh really hard. But now I'm searching through positive memories, right? Or I might say, when was the last time I was super appreciative? Now, don't dismiss it like, it's been a while, right? That's, That's counterproductive. That's you wanting to be right more than wanting to get it right. That's you cutting corners and taking shortcuts. And we just don't get anywhere powerful in life when we do that. Really think hard about it. When was the last time that he did something that I really, really appreciated? When was that? And same thing if you're like, I have no idea. Then start sorting through. Well, when was something that was like a little, like I was a little appreciative? Well, yesterday when he did the dishes, I was a little appreciative. Or today when he rubbed my back, like I was a little appreciative. But what was something maybe bigger? And then I'm thinking back to like Christmas. And uh, one of the gifts that he gave me was just really thoughtful and took a lot of time. Now I'm sorting through much more positive memories, and I'm breaking that grip of recency bias. Recency bias. This is what making any change in your life is about, becoming a better thinker. So when you are tempted to say, I always overeat when I'm stressed, or I intend to go to the gym, but by the time I get off work, I just don't care anymore, Instead of going to the way things have been recently to counteract recency bias, ask yourself questions like, well, what's possible today? You know, it is possible today for me to not eat in response to emotions, for me to feel that that drive or that desire to turn to food when I'm stressed or I'm tired, but not act on it. And it is possible today for me to get in a workout even if it means just 100 air squats right here, right now, while I'm on hold with the, you know, furniture delivery people. Consider all of the possibilities. Instead of limiting your scope of options, instead of describing the way things are based on the way they've been, what else is possible? Consider what you want. When we fall prey to recency bias, most of the time we're focused on what we don't want whether that is being an emotional eater or not following through or being overwhelmed all the time or snapping at your spouse when you're stressed out. All of those things reflect focusing on what you don't want. So what is it that you do want? What is the response 
you do want to demonstrate? What is the pattern you do want to create? And are you willing and able to practice that just for today? Look at where you want to go instead of describing and reinforcing where you've been. I want to I want to get a, a good week of getting up early and, and having a, a morning routine. Focus on that, what you do want, instead of, I keep intending for it, but as soon as my alarm goes off in the morning, I just shut it off. Focus on where you do want to go. Minimize your time spent looking at where you've been or where you don't want to go. Now, the other part of the solution here is using something called the recency effect, which is different from recency bias, right? The recency effect. This is a strategy that we're going to use to work to overcome recency bias. Essentially, the recency effect is like just in, in, in a demonstration. If I rattled off a list of numbers and I said, remember these numbers, and I listed off, you know, 15 numbers, you would be more likely to remember the ones that I said at the end, the ones that were most recent versus the ones I said at the beginning. Or if I said, you know, banana, apple, control, yet, best, tools, traction, Seth, resilience, chef, yell, leopard, paleo. The recency effect tells us that you're more likely to recall the words that I said towards the end than you are the words that I said towards the beginning. That is kind of what recency effect looks like. So how can we use this as a tool to overcome recency bias and become a better thinker? Well, finish strong, right? In everything that you do, finish strong. This is something I wrote about in Chasing Cupcakes, but in a workout. I've shared with you guys before that one of my mantras in a workout is last set best set. Because I noticed that sometimes at the end of the workout, I'd kind of phone it in and I wouldn't try so hard because I know the end is near and that last little bit of the workout was probably the weakest part of the workout. But I really challenge myself to always finish strong. So whether that's going a little bit faster, a little bit more intensely, maybe a little bit heavier at the end of the workout, focusing on form even more for those last few reps, last set, best set. Finish strong. Maybe it means that you always wrap up your day with a glass of water and a three-minute meditation. No matter how the day went, you're going to finish on that strong note. Or maybe it means that you just ate um, a pint of ice cream and four slices of pizza, but you know what? You're going to finish strong. You're now going to go for a 10-minute walk, or you're going to do 10 push-ups, or you're going to have that glass of water, or you're going to take your vitamins. Or you had a really tense conversation and everybody's pissed off and you walk up to that person and you say, hey, I'm sorry. What matters is that I love you and I respect you and I, I didn't communicate that well and, and uh, I just wanted to say that I'm sorry. Finish strong. Because why? Because that's what we remember. Now, that doesn't mean that we've just erased the pizza or the ice cream or the snarky words But we always have the opportunity to finish strong, to have the last paragraph of the email be the best paragraph of the email, to have the last task of the day be done with the most focus and the most effort, 
to have the last thing that you put in your mouth before you go to bed be the healthiest thing of that day or to finish with a glass of water or with journaling or with meditating, whatever it is, finish strong because we're just adding to what is most recent in a really positive way instead of going down the rabbit hole of, well, I blew it, so I might as well start better tomorrow. I might as well try a little harder tomorrow. Leverage recency as a tool. Notice when you are in this mode of recency bias. Notice when you are looking at the way things have been and using your past as a prologue to say that this is the way they will continue to be. That is a choice. And if this is something that you really relate to, make sure, make sure that you go listen to episode 760 of the podcast, 760, because it's about a similar topic, and I think you'll find it really helpful. Everybody have a wonderful day. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much for listening to the Primal Potential Podcast, where our goal is not to help you learn. Our goal is to help you change. This is a year of action. Take something you learned from this episode and put it into action in your life today. To learn more about working more closely with me and the Primal Potential team, please visit primalpotential.com forward slash transform.